What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. You are going to love today's guest, Roy Tuscany. He is a passionate father, a husband, and CEO of High Fives Foundation, which helps those in the action sports who have suffered life-changing injuries. Roy had a life-changing event while skiing the terrain park at Mammoth in 2006, and fast forward to today, and he is a father, and he is a leader helping those in need. Enjoy meeting my new friend, Roy. Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. I am beyond excited to be talking to Roy Tuscany. Roy, what's up, man? How are you today? Hey, how are you, my friend? It is, uh, it's a gorgeous day in June. It's a, it's a great day. Heck yeah. I've been really looking forward to this. Matt Peterson, who was previously on the podcast, uh, had recommended that you would be an incredible father to talk to. And uh, I know you and I have been going back and forth, and, and I'm just excited to hear your story and learn about your perspective on fatherhood. And, and Matt's such a solid guy, so so looking forward to this introduction. Yeah, this is such a pleasure. As I said, uh, you know, any recommendation from Matt, I take on the highest as yes, I will do it. So uh, I follow in the footsteps of someone that I admire and, and appreciate. So it's exciting to be chatting in the in the wake of what Matt left uh, on the episode that he was on. Right on, right on. Well, let's just jump right into this so people can get an idea of, of who you are. Where do you live? Uh, I live in Verdi, Nevada, outside of Reno, Nevada, right on the California-Nevada state line. Okay. And then how many years have you been married? I am actually, by government standards, zero by what we term as modern day, uh, over three years. Okay. Love it. And then how many kids do you have? We got one. He's the goat. And how old is he? He's going to be two at the end of July. So he's like approaching right now, uh, 23 months old. I think after 24 or two months, I think that's when you stop using months as the age. Yeah. And then you just go to like two and a quarter, two and a half, three. You know, I think that's when you stop using. What did be weird? Like I've been alive now nearly 40 years. If I'm like, oh, I'm approaching my 480th month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if we still said I'm a, I'm a 38 and a half, you know, yeah. like when you're 12 years old, it's so important to get the half in oh. there. <laughs> so important. And like earlier in life, I think till you're like six, like the quarter is really important too. When I remember being I'm like, no, I'm six and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. So good. So, so what do you do for a living? And I, I'm excited to dig into this and maybe we just unpack some of your story right now. Um, but let's just, just go with that. What do you do for a living? And let's see where that takes us. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of High Fives Foundation, which is a 501c3 national nonprofit that has a mission to 
reduce, prevent the number of life-changing injuries uh, by providing resources and hope if they happen uh, in the outdoors. So in essence, it's the, the safety net of the outdoor sports community. Uh, we're mm-hmm. looking to provide messaging to prevent life-changing injuries, but you know, unfortunately, people have them. And we want to be there with a hand up instead of a hand out and uh, you know, provide that net of safety uh. that someone can, can get into. <laughs> Dude, I love that. A hand up versus a hand out dude huge huge just that one sentence really changes the whole vibe of like what it is that you're doing so then how long have you been involved when did you start that why did you start it uh foundation was formed uh founded in 2009 uh a massive journey on myself like I was going down a road of, you know, going into this world of nonprofits. I I graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering, mathematics, and not a clue of what a nonprofit looked like. So my initial, you know, goal uh, was I'm going to do everything on my own. In 2008, Mm. embarked on, you know, creating the Form 1023, the bylaws, the Articles of Incorporation, all the different things that are essential to starting a business. And it was all done with, you know, the idea of paying it forward. I had uh, sustained a spinal cord injury in 2006 while skiing in Mammoth. I had uh, gone 130 feet on a 100-foot jump and came down from 30 feet in the air. And the resultant impact into the snow first fractured my TPL vertebrae and caused paralysis from the belly button down. And uh, the communities where I was coaching at the time, Sugar Bowl, and where I'm from back in Vermont, the 802, came together, raised a bunch of money, and allowed me to focus on recovery for, for two years. And it hit me and said, Hey, I, I, let's help other people. And, you know, let's help other mm. people that, you know, fall into maybe the same shoes that I did, you know, pursuing a dream in the outdoor sports, have this life changing injury that alters the course of your life. How can we make sure that you still get to go and participate in outdoor sports with the people you love? And Dude. 12 years later, here we are 11 years, 12, you know, formed in 09 and, um, you know, over 400 individual and veterans served over 5 million in grants given out, safety education, uh, healing center based in Truckee, programmatic camps. You know, it's a, it's a huge thing that we call an Ohana, the, the Hawaiian word for family. And uh, we just cast that net of, you know, that family uh, around the individual and, and get them through the recovery. And it, and it really, was that born because you felt like you had a family that came around you and supported you through your figuring out what life was going to look like with your injury? You know, I chose community over, mm. um, let's say, I, I, I don't know what the best term is. I chose community over um, probably the best health decision. And don't get me wrong. I went to a great facility that gave me world-class care that did really great things for my recovery, but I didn't go to the best of the best. Um, you know, I went to the local, uh, rehabilitation center that's based upon the trauma two center that I was, you know, initially taken care of, which was renowned. Um, and I stayed here because I had such a great network of friends Mm. and I felt it was so important to surround myself, to keep myself in, you know, really positive light than going to this facility, which, you know, I believe is the best in the country, which is Craig, which is in, you know, South Denver. Um, Englewood, Colorado. And, you know, looking back on it now, like what I know now, I I would give the same advice to someone still, I would say, Hey, are are you going to have a a support community or are you you not? And, you know, it's something to weigh and it gives someone, you know, a balanced approach of of how they want to look at their recovery. And, 
you know, I, I chose community and, you know, others might choose, you know, better high-end care. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's good to always just surround yourself with, with positive people. Yeah. Now, do you think that the choice that you made has impacted your recovery at all of where you are today to where you may have been if you chose something else? Or do you think that you'd be in a similar situation as far as your your state? I would say my physical um, deficiencies um, would be less if I had gone to that facility. They would have seen a couple or would have seen some um, markers that would have shown some indication to foot drop and not diagnosed it wrong as, as a facility back in Vermont did, uh, which caused a bunch of uh, complications due to thinking um, my body needed Botox to lessen the muscle when really it was my uh, tendons, my ligaments were shortening. Um, so there were some, some complications there. So the facility probably would have seen it because, at, you know, there's 125,000 folks that suffer spinal cord injuries a year. So, I mean, that's not a huge population or there's 125,000 that have in the country. And there's about, I think, 12 to 16,000 a year um, in the U.S. Um, and so it's not like a huge thing, but it is a devastating, life changing type of injury. Um, so I, I think, you know, a facility that has, you know, specialized in the care of it probably would have caught something like that. You know, it is what it is. You know, uh, we get one act at life, like it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's so interesting to reflect back on because it's like all that you went through, all that you learned, the lives that you've impacted since 2008, 2009, it's like you went deep into, I mean, not only a life changing, you know, life altering, uh, injury, but then the knowledge, the base, and to dig into that, to grow from that, it's like, unless you had experienced all of those things, right? You wouldn't be the resource, the leader you are in that world for the outdoor community who wants to go jump a hundred foot jump and whatever else they're doing, you know, today versus 10 years ago, you're that guy for them. And it was your experience that put you there. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent hitting the old nail on the, uh, the old hammer right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big thing is always taken away from those is like, how can you make sure that maybe the mistakes that you, you know, experienced yourself, like people always ask like what mistakes or what would you try to tell someone else? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing that we can always, you know, share with others is, you know, Hey, this was my experience. And I, I always leave with like, Hey, I am not a doctor, but this is what I went through. And, you know, you can ask me about mine and what I experienced. But again, like this isn't medical, this isn't like medical documentation. This is, this is real life. And I think, you know, one of the things we use at High Fives that's different is, you know, we don't use the term healthcare. We use the term human care. We want to mm. take care of the human because if we take care of the human, well, then their health is going to be okay. Because <laughs> like yeah. if a human's whole, you know, there's like, you know, there's like five things, you know, it's like you're, that you always have to make sure you're checking on, like, how are you financially? How's your family? How's your love life? How is your, you know, your health? And how is like your overall just like outgoing and, and experience? Like if all those buckets are full, then you're a full human. And so if we, if we try to always embody the full human approach to care, then, you know, I think we're, we're taking on health on, on top of some other things as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to jump in in a minute and ask you, it's like start to get into some fatherhood questions, but yeah. as we kind of wrap up, okay, you know, we got the injury, we got the start in the nonprofit. Talk to me about getting back on the mountain and being on the mountain and, and your role currently in, in just still pursuing your love for the outdoors. Yeah. I, um, had this goal always from the day I got hurt to get back to skiing. And I, I originally thought it would be very much just like, Hey, recover, it's like a broken bone, you'll recover and it'll be okay. Well, it's nothing like that, but I still went with that mentality the first time I went skiing and uh, just use normal gear, normal skis. And, you know, the magic of video made it look like I had a great run, but it's not. It was me mm. falling to stop, me falling to turn. There was no ability to actually ski physically until I learned some, you know, adaptations. But now, like, my most excitement is found in the ocean or on mountain bike trails. Um, you know, all these people out there these days, they're, they're hating on e-bikes. Come on. They serve such a huge purpose. An individual like myself, I cannot ride a normal bike. I do not have the strength in my legs to mm. pedal because of my disability. But you know what? You give me my e-bike, and I will show you that you don't even see my disability. And if so... if you have the hatred towards e-bikes that much that you don't think someone like myself should have, you know, the absolute opportunities to go ride bikes wherever I want. Well, then you got issues that you need to deal with outside of just your mountain bike and maybe keep riding your bike the more you can, because uh, it seems to work out problems for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's how I explore now. Um, but yeah, skiing mm. is, I still ski, I skied 55 days this year and I don't even Dang, like skiing that's... technically. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Aren't we such uh, strange people how we'll be like, oh, I'm a snowboarder, so I don't like skiing or I'm a mountain biker, so I don't like eat. Like, why do we do that? We're so uh, us versus them. Uh, we're so weird. Why are we like that? Uh, it's three letters. It's called ego. <laughs> yeah straight up huh it's like yeah. if you just want to be like what i said what i love what you just said a second ago that's how i explore you're talking about e-bike and that's the thing is like we all want to be outside and explore and so however somebody finds a means to do that versus sitting on their couch looking on you know social media get outside however you can get outside um love it dude okay let's talk about fatherhood relatively new dad two-year-old right in the thick of it um when you think of the role of the father what would you describe that as i can tell you that the best thing is the timing of this podcast right now uh because my lady is down in san diego competing at the u.s national para surf championship she just got third in her division uh mm. yesterday Heck but yeah. the coolest thing is like she has, you know, created this amazing bond with Gunner. They have this, they know each other. They know everything going on. And they have also created that space where they have a separation anxiety from, they both from each other. And this trip has really given me, and Elena has been gone for a little over 48 hours, uh, has given me this awesome new insight into like all the things that, you know, I definitely have never really thought of that Elena just naturally does because she's a mother and that's the mother's mm -hmm. role. And the coolest thing is, you know, we talked about exploring. Well, I'm doing that so much with him because I'm just trying to keep him occupied the last two days as much as possible 
because you know he's thinking mom 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 and right, i'm thinking right. okay what what are things that <laughs> occupy his brain and that's like trains puppies bikes and uh blippy um those are like his four like things that he's just like if it's not mom, those four things he's super stoked on and big truck, big trucks and trash trucks. Um, I don't know if you've seen that Netflix series trash truck, but it's a, it's a huge hit for kiddos. And, <laughs> awesome. you know, so the last two days, like we've gone exploring on bikes, we've gone out to dinner, we've gone, you know, looking for trains, just constantly trying to occupy his mind. And what I've seen in the last like 48 hours is just how much they understand without understanding a thing. And that's been really cool to see. Like he know, like he knew this morning when I was about to leave, and he started to like get sad. And he knew before I was already leaving. Like they understand what's going on ahead of what's already you know happening. I think that's given me. You know, I've always been a very like high emotional, high um, intense, get things done type A alpha individual. And the thing that I'm realizing is, you know, people don't respond that well to that. Mm. And my son is the best indicator. And I have seen just how, like, you can't present yourself in that way because it reflects in the way that that person then sees you. And I don't want my son to see me that way. I want to see my son sees me like as like dad, like, you know, someone that he can feel safe with, someone that he knows that if he can find a solution, he'll be, you know, help through the process. And someone that's a leader in a way that's, you know, not intimidating, but leading in a way that's inspiring. Mm. And I see that as something that not only helped me, you know, with my relationship with Gunner, but, you know, really how it's with everything. Because, like, if, you can instantly see how your son reacts to you within the, you know, the, like that, you know, powerful. Yes. And so Dude. that's what I think is one of the coolest things that I've taken away from like being a father is like, is like understanding like, Whoa, bro. Like if your son's reacting to you this way, how are mm. grown adults acting towards you? Mm. I love that. So it's like, that was one of my next, my next question was going to be, what have you learned about yourself? And I think that idea that like, I'm alpha eight, like I'm going to go crush, make things happen. Um, and as adults, we've learned how to, you know, if you offend me or you, whatever, I, I, I don't necessarily show you that, but with a child very quickly, you can see their reaction if you're aware of it. And that's what you're saying is like, you've been aware of it. Um, you see his reaction. So it helps you have more self-awareness and probably get rid of, not get rid of the ego, but know how to manage the ego a little bit, you know? Um, and I love what you said. Um, uh, you, you talked about exposing him, you know, you talked about it, like taking him out, showing him the world. It's not just this, oh, well, when you're five, I can hang out with you or when you're 10 and you, you know, then I, it's like, no, right now I'm noticing that you love these things. So I'm going to go take you out and explore and expose you to things because it really, at the end of the day, that's what we, we want to go explore the world that we've been given. Right. Yeah. It, it really hit me the other day for, I've lived in Reno forever and I wanted to go to this car museum. And for mm. the longest time, I, I kind of joked because they used their marketing pitch used to be one of America's top six car museums. 
well, what place are you in? You're in sixth place. Like, why are you saying top six? (laughs) Just just own the top 10 and let me believe you're top two, you know? (laughs) But luckily the other day when we went there, they have now adjusted and now they are top 10, one of top 10. Maybe they fell down. Maybe they improved. I don't know. (laughs) Regardless, it's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that I've always wanted to go there, but like as a 32 year old, 33, 28, you know, my time period here felt kind of weird. But I was right. like, Gunner, you want to go see all these antique cars? And he's like, yeah. And unfortunately, uh, with my disability, I can't really walk that well. I walk very slow. Um, this facility, this museum, all the cars are on these little rocks, which are sensors. And if one of the rock moves, the car alarm goes off. And so like Gunner was like triggered to set off like the most biggest <laughs> alarms ever. So we went there, we explored for a short period of time. We're going to go back with mom. So we have like two to try to help, but it's so cool. And I went because like, I felt okay exploring with my son mm. because it was something new. It was something like, whatever, it's my son. He wanted to, he loves cars. Like he has just piles of cars everywhere at the house. It's what he wants. It's his toy of choice. And to see him bigger and, you know, in person is like so real to him. Um, So that's like kind of something that I've seen as a father is like, it's okay to explore those things that, you know, maybe you think you're too old for. Well, no, he's not. So let's go. Yeah, it's like you when you have a kid, you almost get to lean into some of the things you maybe you you love, but you feel like, ah, do I have time to go love this? You know, can I go explore a car museum? Um, and so it's like okay that I'm I'm still two in some ways, I'm still ten in some ways, I'm still you know forty in some ways. Uh, and if you embrace that with your kid, like you kind of get to relive some of those moments. Um, but then through the eye of your kid. How much more powerful and meaningful is that when you see them psyched? Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that psych thing is when you can see them transition from, you know, right now, he's really sad that his mom's not here. And mm-hmm. when you can see him, like, transform his, you know, vision of what he's seeing to excite him inside to change how he's feeling, then it's like, okay, cool, like, all right, let's go explore some more, you know? And like that right now is like, if we go like trains right now, trains, the song thunder from imagine dragons, um, his three different size bikes that he has. And his like his mom and I got him this like fake, uh, it's not fake. It's like a miniature general store. And he has (laughs) these, like these pieces of fruit that are Velcro, like wooden fruit and they have Velcros. And then he has this like big, like, Japanese like chopping knife and he's like he's chops that he's it's like real life like fruit ninja that they, that game that was popular on the phone yeah, yeah. For a while. but it's dangerous because like particles go everywhere <laughs> so like this morning I was leaving and I was like Ella she's our she's our awesome uh nanny that helps us out uh during the week and I was just like Ella I have a really weird request can you try to find and put together all the fruit pieces uh that are kind of <laughs> like everywhere. chopped up amongst the backyard and general store this afternoon she's like Uh, yeah no problem (laughs) uh, that's so fun all right man so this podcast is called fatherhood field notes and you're already doing it you know just opening up your field notes sharing your life with us the mantra behind it is rebel and create and rebel and create can really be applied to so many things um something small as i'm rebelling against being on my phone at the dinner table so that i can create you know these family memories or i'm rebelling against you know 
working on Saturdays, whatever, so that I can create family day um, to I'm rebelling against, you know, the way the world sees a father so that I can create X, Y, or Z. So when you think about that in the world of Roy, what is something that you are rebelling against, um, you know, kind of countercultural against the status quo? And then what do you hope to create out of that? I am rebelling against the norms that individuals with disabilities can explore Hmm. with their kids. Wow. I am creating the opportunities to adapt and overcome the barriers that exist to explore with my son. Wow. Talk to me about that. So it's like, I mean, you went from creating the High Fives Foundation, which is really helping athletes who, you know, got an injury. Well, you know, protect them from an injury in the first place or help them with their injury or help them get back out there even with an injury to now going. There's a lot of people who may have a disability and who have children and how to go see the world in that. Yeah, I mean, my wife is, you know, my wife's in a wheelchair. So, you know, the two of us together, we. We have a, we have about, I think, I think we counted the other day. I think we have like two working limbs basically is like what we, two fully working limbs between, you know, the possible eight between us, you know, but that Mm. doesn't stop her or myself from trying to find ways to explore with him. And I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, people see the two of us, they see us struggling and, you know, they always want to offer help because of the fact that it seems like physically maybe we're not capable. But I think like the takeaway is, is like maybe just lead in with curiosity. Hey, is there anything I could do to make it easier for you right now with your kid? It looks like you've got your hands full instead of like, you know, I don't know. They almost like feel sorry for you sometimes. I think, you know, that's something Mm. that I experience. And I think for me, like, you know, like I can't walk to the park with gunners. So like I got one of those tow behind trailers. I set it up with my e-bike. I put Gunner in there. I got him a little speaker that I like bolted in there that we play Thunder on repeat. I think we <laughs> played it like I don't know how many times, but Imagine Dragon Spotify, like you guys owe me right now. <laughs> like I have played your song, I think, seven hundred and ninety-three times in the last forty-eight hours. Um so whatever that equates to, I think your paycheck. Yeah, they owe you a royalty. Like Eleven cents or something, maybe we'll we'll settle on. But you know, it's like instead of like being like, oh, like I can't do this. It's like no, you can. It just looks different, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to mean that different is bad. It just means that different is able for you, and that is how I really perceive like a lot of things. Sometimes like I'm hesitant to do something new with Gunner just because like. I know there's going to be some type of barrier that exists for myself with it. But if I can like try the process, see the process and then kind of like formulate, use that engineering degree that I paid a bunch of money for, or my parents did, um, (laughs) then like deconstruct, it allows me to then find those solutions to make sure that we aren't missing those experiences. And yeah, they do have to look different, but the end result is, you know, yesterday Gunner was sliding down a slide. And the end result is how did Gunner and I get to the park? And we accomplished that. And so, yeah, it looks different how we get there, but it also is how we get there. And that's okay. Right. Me and Gunner are 
we're our own entity and our relationship fatherhood to son and you know son to father is our relationship and it's it's as long as it's not just you know as long as we're not you know being you know deconstructive you know to ourselves or someone or anyone around us then like how we do it is okay because it's how we do it and like that's Mm. something that i really had to kind of embrace and that i think that's one of the biggest takeaways is like as long as what you're doing with your child is not like harming you, harming them or harming anyone around you, then like, it's probably okay. Like Mm. it's probably like, that's how you do it. And like, you know, my dad said it really well. There's two pieces of advice that I've gotten really well from people is one is my good friend, David LaPlante told me, he said, remember this child did not decide to come into this world. This was not his decision. And I've always taken that as, okay, you are a hundred percent right. This was my decision and my wife's decision. Like, okay, this is a decision that we need to own and, and, you know, reserve as our top priority. And then the other is, you know, my dad told me, he said, you know, yeah, there's plenty of, you know, self-help books and self this and video that and this. And he goes, you know, the human population has been around for a very long time before they documented anything. And it looks like we're still thriving as a race today. Yes, we have our problems, but we've obviously kept going. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's there's some things that might be able to give you some guidance or some tips. But remember, at the end of the day, it's it's you. You yes. you have to do this. Yes. Just like just like everyone else from time and time again, they had to do this. And I think that's something that you know, is super important is like, you made this decision, you have got to, you know, be the best version of what you think is how this fatherhood looks like. Yeah. A couple things that you said there that really hit for me are your dad's speech to you. Like how incredible, basically saying you have what it takes, like innately you have what it takes you know, there's great tips and skills. Yeah. You go search those out if you want, but don't question that you're the guy for the job. Like your kid needs you and not somebody else. So huge. Love that. Um, if we all rolled into it, like I made this decision, this human being didn't choose to come into this world, whether through my planning or my negligence, they're here. (laughs) It's my responsibility to help navigate that for them. Um, And then due to your circumstances and you saying, I got to think through how to get to the park. I got to think through like everything you do with Gunner, you are pausing to intentionally think, how am I doing this with my son? Which I would say is a huge bonus asset uh, that you have because many people who may not be stepping into how they live their life with their kid. They're not even pausing to ask themselves, how am I, how am I raising my kid? How am I taking my kid to school? How am I doing this? And so I think they're at a detriment that their ability to just be able to pick up their kid and do that. They're just kind of following in line with what everybody else is doing without really thinking through how and why and who am I? So I think that as dads, we should be asking ourselves that question. Like, how am I, how am I being a dad? You know, and you through your circumstances are are forced to think that way, which is making you an incredibly intentional and engaged dad. I think that's huge for us 
fathers to really pause and go, how am I being a dad? Like, how am I doing all the little things? Do I like how I'm doing the little things or am I just doing it because that's just how it's always been done? And the other thing I realized that, you know, is if like you used to get up at seven, you might want to get up at like 445 now. Um, you can get a lot of things done. You can get things <laughs> yeah. prepped. Uh, you can get a couple things done for yourself. Like, I think that's a big mm. takeaway too, is like realizing like whatever it used to be your, your daily, you know, time for your life. Like, Hey, I, I'm awake for 16 hours today. You might want to choose 18 now. Uh, cause it'll, it'll, it'll prosper. Yeah. You'll be a little more tired, but you know what? That's all right. Like the, you'll prosper. Is there anything else that you think I should dig into or ask that you think would be beneficial as dads listen to this? Because I love like, especially for dads, like who might not feel like they can get out and do stuff with their kids. Like I would love for them to go be the dude that they are. Yeah. And they, they have that ability to be that person. You just need to understand like your kid is going to see you as we were talking about. And if like at a young age, your son is seeing you like not trying to like problem solve, like I believe that they're not going to want to problem solve. They, they're, they're direct mirrors of, of you. And that's not saying, you know, that, you know, because you have a disability can't, it just says that, you know, they're going to see if you're like putting the effort forward to try to figure out how to problem solve. And I, I know not everything has a solution. So, you know, I don't want to have everyone to take this away saying like, Oh, he says it is. it's, it's not that it's saying that I think as long as your child is seeing you trying to problem solve, they're going to take that away more than just the experience that you're having with them, but they're going to see it as you showing, you know, so much interest in trying to see a ways to, you know, adapt and overcome. So, you know, as an alpha and as a, Hey, I'm going to overcome and do, you know, most of the things that I want to do, how do you decide this problem doesn't have a solution? Like, what does that look like for you? You know, I think, then you look at, okay, how can I participate in this other something that they're interested? You know, there's so many things that your child is interested in, especially at a young age. You know, I watched, you know, this recent thing that said, you know, the first four years is so important in that, you know, toddler's development and they're interested in almost anything and can absorb it. So we all have interests and some of them were afraid, as I mentioned, to go explore the national automobiles museum until you have a kid. Yeah. So, you know what? I would love to learn how to play the guitar. I really would. And maybe that's something that, you know, you can embark on with your child, find those inner things that, you know, you wish you want to explore, but unfortunately you grew up, you're not a child anymore. You don't have the ability to explore in the way that you wish you once did. So now do that again with your kid and making a connection. And, you know, regardless, yeah, maybe you can't go skydiving. That, that's okay. Um, there's, there's a million other things that you can do that, that are interesting. Yeah, man, I think that's so insightful. Like, I think you look at a lot of men who have just kind of given up. They're a little passive. They don't have a great hobby or they might have something that they do that this family doesn't even know about, right? Like I just go golf and nobody even knows about that. Not, you know, not like necessarily hiding it, but you could be doing something with your kid, go learn guitar with your kid, go learn to skateboard with your kid, like whatever it is. If you have an interest in something, go take your kid along. And I think what I'm hearing from you is don't wait, 
like, oh, well, when my kid is six, we can do that stuff. Because if you create that, then you're never going to do it. Correct. One hundred percent correct. Now, yeah. yeah. And as they get older, they get busier. Um, ah, man, such good insight to give for young dads or dads with like under four. Like you're saying that that sweet age where you you are. So talk to me about that because. You know, when you have your first kid, it's this interesting time where you used to have the full 16 hours all to yourself to do whatever you wanted. And now you don't. And so there's this wrestling of like, my life is different, but how do I not just strive just to have my time and neglect or um, waste the time that I have with my kid? Like, talk to me about that. You know, I think you just need to really make sure that you look at, you know, Matthew McConaughey gives this incredible graduation speech to the university of Houston. And he Mm. talks about the different buckets of life. Um, And you always want to look at how much are you putting into each bucket? And I, you know, obviously you're your own, you're your own judge. People from an outside view will have a view of it. But at the end of the day, you are the only person in control of these buckets and you are deciding how much you want to put in them and you know an equal approach is you know obviously the best it's balanced but you know we're always selfishly probably doing a little bit more here or there but i think with a kid you need to realize that like you are not the priority anymore Mm. you now have a priority of showing up and i think that's something that's so important and you've got to make sure that you have a partner that supports you in that way. And you have to make sure that you do that for your partner as well. So then that kind of leads me to, I'm curious about you and your partner making this decision. Like, all right, like anybody, right. We're going to have a kid. These are, this is our story. This is our history. These are probably the challenges that we will have. How do you go in that together? And, And the two of you, it's like a little bit more obvious, right? Like, these are the challenges that we're probably going to have. How do we go in this as a team? We're ready to conquer anything. Let's do this together. What'd that look like? I mean, the first thing for us was really, okay, what adaptations do we need to make so that, you know, having the necessities of a child, um, you know, needs for care will have. So, you know, we looked at, you know, these types of like roll under, you know, changing tables. We've modified our, you know, our, 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 um, our crib, we found this, you know, large recliner to do these different, you know, we, we looked at all these things, but what I'm going to this is that when we decided to, you know, to embark on, on having a child together, we knew that our parenthood was going to look different. Our parenthood mm-hmm. was going to look different because of the physical disabilities that we both have. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to have, you know, but again, it, it's what your parenthood looks like. And so we took from an understanding that we constantly need to figure out how to, you know, look at ways of adapting things that are necessities into how they'll work best for us. And, you know, Elena has done a great job of like researching it and such, but like, yo, it's cool to drive a minivan, man. I, I drive one Toyota Sienna. Elena's got one. It's beautiful. They're the best things. It's all right, dads. You can drive one. And guess what? They're so versatile. And then, you know, for us, we have this really special uh, car seat that, that swivels 90 degrees. So when Gunner is loaded, Elena can turn it. And so she faces him because with her being in a chair, if she did it, she would have to like side load him. 
It's mm-hmm, really a special mm-hmm. thing that loads. So, you know, it's, it's finding things like that, but that has led us to, you know, try the best we can to understand how to, you know, parent together. And let me tell you, it, it, if you think parent, you know, being a parent to your kid's heart, you know, being in a relationship while being a parent is, you know, <laughs> is, a, is a whole nother podcast. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying this in a negative way, but again, like you, you're, you're going to be challenged. And I, I think like, you know, obviously if you have the means to have the help and the, the size of family to, to take on the burden of the, the massive amount of tasks that it takes to, to be yourself, your a father, all those things it takes it on. Well, then you're really lucky. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that, that don't have that. And, you know, Elena and I are, are that. We we live in a city without any family. Um, we luckily have a really great nanny that helps us out a couple of days a week. But most of the time, it, it's Elena, um, you know, carrying a massive amount of the time with that kid. And, you know, I try to do the best I can. But, you know, it's right now this transition, you know, where he's coming to be too, where dad's starting to really show up. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's going back to what we talked about, exploring. He sees me as his explorer buddy. And, and that's what I want to be for him right now. I don't want to take any of the roles that, that Elena has with Gunner. She's an amazing mom. And I want to just enhance and, and take off some of the, you know, the, the tasks that she has for him, but really be seen as this guy that's there to explore. And when I say that, I mean, explore, you know, throughout the day and, and make sure that he's creatively, you know, and, and trying to find, you know, things that he's interested in. And maybe there are things that I'm interested in that I'm afraid to embark on. But now as a, you know, a, a curious adult, I've got a son that can explore him with me. Dude, man, powerful. Two things I want to just, just, just jump into for a minute is, you know, you talked about the minivan and the identity, right? It's like, why as men do we put such a weight on certain things that define us, you know, like, Oh, my identity. Sometimes we look to the, to mediocre things, right. Um, to, to build this identity around who we are and we miss the deeper pieces. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that. And then uh, one other thing you said really stuck out to me. I think that, you know, let go of like, like, cause like, let go of it. Because like, if you're like, if your son sees you or your daughter sees you as someone that's like, I only drug big drugs or I only do this or I only do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, like it's like, it's a bit of closed mindedness at a young age mm. that they'll start to develop. And that that's nothing against it. It's not saying like, if you drive a big truck, like you can't drive a minivan. What I'm saying is like, if your wife has a minivan, like it's okay to go to the grocery store in the minivan. It's actually incredible because like you can load so much into the back and it stays all right there. And then when you get home, you push one button and the hatch goes up and you pick everything out. And it's simple. So I, I think like one of the big things is like being comfortable with like, you know, letting go of like, Oh, I, this is who I am. And it's like, mm. is it, or is this who you were? And do you uh, want to maybe see what who you are now looks like because you have something else that's now a part of your life, something that you created. It, it's now, you know, every change is inevitable. And like, you know, you're not the same person you were when you were four. You're not the same person you were when you were 12. You change. Now you had a kid. Guess what? You got to change a little bit regardless yeah. if you want to or not. 
Ah, man, so powerful. Like dudes that are listening, think about the things that you elevate as the most important. You know, like, why are you making that so important? Just take a step back and reflect. Is that still really, really important? Or are there other things in your life that are more important? Now, I don't think that means, well, I'm just going to like let my wife dress me and I'm going to be passive. And no, it's like, go choose the things that really matter to you and then build your life around that. Don't hold on to things that are going to be a boat anchor to you being your best self for your family. Um, all right, dude, the other thing that you made mention of, and I kind of dug into this a little bit, but you said, how do we parent together? So I asked like, you know, about you and Elena and, and making this decision and you took a step back and said, okay, how are we going to do this? Now, again, we might say obvious, you know, obvious, the the things that you need to ask, how are we going to do this? But every single couple that comes together has their shit, has their stuff in their life. And a lot of it can be unseen. And how often do we not acknowledge those things? Do we not acknowledge the relationship I had with my dad or how I was abused or how I've processed life? And we don't acknowledge them and we carry those into our family's lives, our kids' lives. And we don't stop and go, hey, this is who I am. This is my story. How are we going to take our two stories, which you already said, like bringing two people together for relationship is super difficult. And then with all of our history, how do we show up as parents? You know, it's like if more people stopped and asked themselves, how are we going to be a team and show up? What do we got to what do we got to be aware of? Dude, our families would look different. Our fathering would look different. Yeah, I think like one of the biggest things to understand is like, it's, uh, I mean, it's really popular. So like, it's okay to be okay, or it's okay to not be okay. Mm. And like, it's okay to go to therapy. I go to therapy. Elena goes therapy. Like, like we go to talk because you know what? There's a, a, a whole new human that is now embracing, changing, foreshadowing and like elevating your emotions it's not just you it's not just your partner there's now this child and then that is going to trickle over into your relationship it's also going to trickle into you yeah <laughs> and that needs to be addressed and if you don't address it or you don't have a, a system to address it or a you know an outlet well then it, it's okay it's thousand percent okay to go to therapy and it, like I'm open about it. I think it's great. And it really helps me understand, you know, triggers. It helps me understand reactions. Yeah, it helps me, yeah. you know, and it, like you said, like it, it helps, you know, do that because if you don't get to there, then, you know, again, you're going to, your son, your daughter, it's going to be a reflection. You know, it, it's not fair to them. It's not mm. your, sh- your shit doesn't need, no one wants, no one wants, yeah. A, you don't want your shit on yourself. Right. No one wants no one wants your shit on them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know that's kind of vulgar, but like, that's a really great way to paint it. It's yeah, it's the truth, and I think that us dudes, we have to be willing to acknowledge, like, yeah, there's stuff inside me that needs worked on, and then what am I going to do to go f- work on that? You know, um, and I think that I mean, therapy for my wife and I, I can think of you know, few seasons of life where we've just dug into going and seeing somebody, and what it's done. And you made a great comment, like what are my triggers, right? Like I have a history. So what are the triggers that throw me? And instead of it throwing me for three to five days and me being a dick to my family, how do I freaking learn some, you know, ninja skills in my head to not show up as an a-hole and show up as the dude I want to show up as. And like your dad would say, the dude that you are 
already, right? Innately provider protector, you're the dude. Um, but sometimes we need to go, you know, get some skills and how to more lean into that dude. Yep, exactly. And, you know, and also remember like, uh, you know, like the, like the thing is like, like your dad needs to be okay too. Like in your mind, like, Hey, your dad's your hero, but like, don't think the things that you don't feel like you got from your father, like, Oh, my dad didn't do this to me. Like, I'll make sure I'll do this so well. It's like, well, hold on. Like, don't overdo it. But at the same time, Mm. don't under, you know, it's like, don't try to make up for those things. Like, I can still hold all, like every, it's all a lesson, you know? Mm. It's all a lesson. We never stop learning if we can lean into that. Um, All right. Before I ask my last question, any last thoughts from you to or for dads who may feel either emotionally or physically incapable of showing up and exploring with their kids. Any last thoughts to those dudes? I think at the end of the day, um, you know, remember you, not this child made the decision to show up in this Mm. world. And you have that same thing every day. Show up. I think that's like the biggest step. Dude, show up. Oh, Oh my goodness. It's so good. Just show, show up, show up, just show Mm. up. Cause then your kid's going to see that too. And when you say show up, what I hear in you is like, show up present, show up. And this is something you've kind of said multiple times is problem solve, show up and explore and problem solve. And then your kid's going to follow in your footsteps of doing that same thing because your kid is a reflection of you, dude. Love it. Roy. So good. All right. My last question for you. Legacy question. Imagine 30 years from now, you are peering into the home of, of, of Gunner's life. What is it that you see? Um, when, and it's like the day in day out decisions that you made as a father, you see him now living that out in his own life. So when you peer into that home, you see the way that he is living. How do you see that he's living and you know that the, it's the work that you did? I know gunner's like infectious like personality that he already has at a young Mm. age is that sign his mom and i are both very you know outgoing uh people that that like to interact with folks and i think like one of the biggest takeaways that i think would show that is our son you know being that person in a in a you know not in a narcissistic way but in a very much like you know inspiring way the kid is just infectious and i think Hmm. you know peering in and seeing that i think that would really speak to to what that looks like that 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 to me i think is that and because i already see it now and so seeing the continuation of that and the growth of it and and how he'll evolve that because obviously like a two-year-old is gonna grab your attention in a different way than a you know person as they age um so i think like how that growth looks like and what that continues to do but i I don't see that changing and i only see it becoming like who he is and how he is as a person dude roy so powerful because even with a two-year-old you as a father are in tune with who he is and you've talked about him growing in that you already see it so that means as a father, you are taking the time to know your child and not think, oh, when he's five, when he's 10, but you see things about him. And then you have the opportunity to speak life into him and help him grow in that and not, you know, squash it 
right? But you're there alongside to go, dude, I see you. This is who you are. Let me help be a guide and help you explore from your lens. Uh, and what an incredible opportunity, you know, you and I have as dads to know these human beings who are a reflection of us. They're not a mini us, but you are going to be such a great dad to your kid, man. And I just thank you for your work, not only just an outdoor community, but your work now as a father, that example you're going to be to so many men to just have no excuse and go show up for their kids, dude. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate the time today and what a cool opportunity. And dude, I've been loving that branding behind your uh, right shoulder, the Revel and Create, how you got oh, all man. there. Because seas can be rough, but I'll tell you what, ships have, you know, they, they, have, they, have, they have set the course of, of travel for years. And they can go through anything. So, man, uh, I love it. I love the brand. I love this opportunity. And, and thanks, man. I, I appreciate all the praise and, and such a cool, right? Such an easy conversation. I can't believe we've been on here for I don't know, well over an hour, and it, it's been it's super simple. So, this is this is awesome. Love it, man. Well, I look forward to continue to just to watch what you do, uh, you and your wife, with your kid and your lives, and just to continue to go at it and make the most of this life that each of us have. Will do. Will do. Thanks, all right, sir. brother. Till next time. Are you fired up or what from hearing that guy share his story? I mean, there is no obstacle that is going to stop that guy from living the life that he desires to being the father, the leader, the athlete, the husband that he wants to be. I so enjoyed the conversation, was so inspired by Roy and the way that he approaches life and the way he approaches obstacles. I want to show up at my day with that same attitude of like, okay, what's my plan? How am I going to attack this? Who am I and how am I showing up? Incredible. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you want to reach out and say what's up, you can email me, ned at rebelandcreate.com. And if you could take just one minute and smash that like button and or review the pod, podcast, wherever it is that you're listening to this, it helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. Talk to you next time.